going into Lent, we, we took a look at how Jesus changed the world with, with what he brought. That, that when he showed up, it, it changed all of history. It went backwards and forwards. He changed our future. He changed our path. He changed everything for us. And then at Easter, we sort of brought that to a, a culmination. And, and then for the last few weeks, we've just been taking some instances from Jesus's ministry and, and applying them and, and seeing what those changes look like when they get applied in, in life. And so we're going to continue to do that this morning of, of, being surprised about who Jesus is and how he, how, is he, how he changes attitudes. But before we get too far into that, I just have a question for Have any of you ever wondered if God is too busy to deal with you? Uh, you know, I, I, growing up, I always thought about this. You know, you would, you, we're gathered here in church. We, we say we're going to have silent prayer. And, and just in this room, you know, we got 100 and 130, 140 as we all bowed our heads and pray, who's stupid enough to believe that God really heard every one of those things go up there? I am. Thank you. Thank you. But how does that happen? I mean, have you ever wondered about that? And, and then can add that up. There's more than one church meeting this morning, right? And I think a few of them that aren't Methodists pray. I know the Baptists pray. They don't drink, but they pray. They drink, but and they pray nobody catches them. That's what they and they pray. But <laughs> but have you ever? You know, does God really care what's going on? I mean, after all, you got a He's got a universe to run. You got to make sure the sun comes up, the 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 moon comes up at the right time, the stars come out, that we keep the proper rotational. Uh, distance away from the sun so we don't burn up and despite Al Gore and everything he's you know he's keeping us from the global warming thing where we're going to completely blow up how does he have time then to deal with hey God I need help on this test on Friday I didn't study right have you ever wondered does does it bother God to deal with with our problems I, I, I think a lot of us sort of grew up thinking that. And the church helped us in that, right? If, if you grew up in church, you probably got taught. It wasn't, a, it, wasn't a, it wasn't in the curriculum, but part of the message you got taught was, as a kid, God didn't really care about you. And let, it, he, wanted you if, he wanted you to show up, look good, be quiet, Stay out of the way, you know. On, on Youth Sunday, come up and smile and make the old people feel good. But other than that, stay out of our way. I, mean, I grew up in an old, big church. And we had, there were so many cool rooms to explore and everything. And, and they had these long, graded floors that were all wooden. And then they had long pews. And so one of the favorite activities we would have is at the back of the sanctuary, you got a running start and you dove under and saw how many pews you could slide under. <laughs> And it was cool, man. I, I love going to church. But, but I learned very quickly from the church ladies that was not appropriate behavior <laughs> in church. And some of us learned by 
the reaction of others, by the look we got, by the voice we heard, that really, you don't belong here. Are you really, do you think we really all care about that? Well, what I believe is that God cares about each one of us. That there is nothing too big or too small for him. That, that our hopes, our dreams, our worries, our fears, there is nothing that is unimportant to God. Nothing. He wants us to share our life with him. He wants us to have a, an intimate relationship with him. Another bad teaching that happened in the church, and it was well-meaning. It was trying to move people out of being self-centered. But have any of you ever heard that it's, you shouldn't really pray for yourself? You know, that that's selfish? You shouldn't really pray for Let me just give you a little hint. If you don't do some praying for yourself, your prayers aren't going to do anybody else any good either. Right? Because every one of us has something broken in here. Every one of us needs some help. And so we do need to pray for ourselves. We need to be, we need to pray for our attitudes. We need to pray for our, our future. We need to pray for our kids, for us, for our attitudes. Why is it that, that we all have this hard time dealing with this idea that God isn't too busy for us? I think a big reason for it is because of the followers of God have convinced us that that's that he doesn't have time for us. How many times have you gone to church and all you see is the do not signs everywhere? Do not do this. Do not do that. Do not touch. Do not drink. Do not... I'll tell you, just in my little visit to Harlingen in the last couple of weeks, there's a lot of do not signs coming down. <laughs> and when I return here and, and visit here, I better not see do not signs stuck all over. I cannot stand that. You come into church, oh, we love you, we love you. Do not bring your coffee in here. <laughs> oh, we, we're, we're so happy you're here to worship. Could you get that kid out of here? He's disfruiting all of us. How many times do we get in the way of this? We help create this idea in people that God can't be bothered, right? He can't be bothered. Well, I don't think it's a bother to him. To deal with. In fact, it's what he encourages us to do. So we are, we are gonna, all right, man, by the time I leave, it only took eight years and I'm leaving now, so. Yeah. Is that hallelujah I'm leaving or hallelujah? Let's uh, let's look at a scripture. We're in Luke, and I lost my place here. Luke 18, and what we're going to look at, you know, through the years, it, this isn't a new attitude. Uh, through, people are always wanting to define God. People are always wanting to limit Him, and and even His followers would limit Him. It, do you remember some of the stories when when Jesus? sort of turned around expectation on his followers. They thought they knew him. They thought they had understood him. They'd been following him. They'd been listening to him. And over and over again, whenever they thought they had finally sort of said, this is who God is, he went, boom, it's bigger. 
You think you understand God's love? Let me, it's bigger. You think you understand who I'm interested in, who I'm not? It's bigger. Remember at one time Jesus is sitting down talking, there's a People gathered around him, the families and, and people gathered around him and these kids come running up to him and what, what did the church ladies do? I, I make fun of church ladies because they deserve it. <laughs> there you go, there you go. And all your cards and letters can be sent to Harlingen, Texas, 786 but the church kids came running in and the people went, hey, get out of here. Don't bother Jesus. And what did Jesus say? Wait a minute. That's exactly who you need to be like if you want to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Right? They go into a new town. You got all this religious leaders, political leaders and everything. They're all like, Jesus, this is who you should be hanging out with. He calls the prostitutes and tax collectors and has dinner at their house. No matter how much they thought they got it, they didn't get it. He was constantly expanding, pushing on their comfort zone, pushing on what they thought, the way they tried to contain, limit, box in God. He kept expanding on it. And this is another example of that. Luke 18, beginning in verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho... A blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the, the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came here, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God as well. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. We got, we got another story of Jesus surprising his followers of, of what he was willing to do. See, at, at this point, Jesus is getting famous. He, he is, is, his notoriety is going out. People are hearing about what's going on. And so he's, he's going to Jericho. Do you notice the song Gustavo played? Josh Pato, Jericho, yeah. So you know there's a wall outside of Jericho, right? Yeah. So that's where this, this blind person was sitting. And, and uh, who, who knows how long he'd been sitting there. He'd been blind, born blind, so he'd been there for a long time. And, and that's where all the people sort of hung out. It's sort of like the Y down in, on your way to Austin, right? Well, you're chuckling, but I need you to go there with me so you can get my point, right? It's like the Y. And what do you do when you pull up to the Y? All of a sudden, you're very interested in your radio, right? Because as those guys walk by... We, uh, we have learned to not see them. We've seen them every day. We see, the people are there. We see them, but we've learned not to pay attention. Right? And some of those guys are taking advantage of a system. Some of those people don't really need it. Some of those people have a business going, and we, we make ourselves feel good about it by 
pointing at those examples saying, yeah, they're out there. But you know, every once in a while, there's a beggar that really needs help. Can you imagine how this guy felt? He'd been coming to that, that place every day. You know that was his place. You know that he showed up there with his dog and his little sign, blind beggar, we'll beg for food, you know, we'll, we'll do a flip for food or whatever he had. And every day the people walked by him because he wanted to be outside the gate because that's where all the people went, walked in to do the business. And every day people walked by him and he had been there so often and people were no different than they are now. They had learned not to see him anymore, right? We do that. You, you know what I'm talking about. He'd learn not to see him. That's why I, I don't like going downtown with little kids because they haven't learned not to look yet. That's why I don't like going to foreign countries with little kids. They haven't learned not to pay attention yet. It takes practice to learn how to ignore need, right? So he's used to this. He's used to people parading by him all the time. He's used to being invisible. Not only is he blind, but people are blind when they looked at him. They couldn't see him. They didn't want to see him. So he's there in his place, and there's probably a bunch of them gathered around there, and there's a commotion. And he starts asking, what's going on? And somebody says, hey, it's Jesus from Nazareth. And he had heard about him like everybody else had. Because you know what? The thing about Jesus is the reason his, his fame was growing, number one, he was charismatic. Number one, he had authority when he taught that no one else ever had before. He, there was this sincereness to what he did that, that just rang with people. And the stories were getting out. This Jesus had done some amazing things. He had healed blind people. He had, he had helped crippled people to walk. He'd brought dead people back from life. He'd made water out of wine. There was story after story. And as soon as he heard this is Jesus from Nazareth, the blind beggar resonated because he identified with that story. He had probably heard. Jesus had healed a blind person, right? I just want, as you guys came into church, some of you that grew up in church are going to have a hard time identifying with this, but when you started coming to church, when you started taking it seriously, what, what was it that connected you? For a lot of us, it's that story that we heard. We, there was maybe a friend or a family member or, or somebody we respected that we saw something happen to them that we hoped could happen to us. The story identifies. That's what people identify with. That's, that's why we want them in here because if, if we can get them in here and share our stories with them, it's going to give them something that they're going to want too. Right? So he hears, hey, Jesus of Nazareth. He says, wow, Jesus of Nazareth, I got to get to him. And so he hadn't been to church very long. In fact, he hadn't been at all. So he didn't know all the rules about talking to Jesus, right? All of you church people, you all know the rules, right? You do, right? Number one, you do it, you, you have to have funny or dressy clothes, to, to be able to talk to Jesus correctly, right? You have to be in the right place at the right time with the right posture, with the right attitude. You're all looking at me like you're confused. You've never been to church before? <laughs> I mean, you at least have to be in a building sitting down in order to talk to God. You can't just do it out in the everyday world, can you? 
You have to use weird words. Sanctified in the heavenly father from the post-millennial passage of time. We just, because he listens better when you talk that way, right? And if your eyes are closed and your hands are folded and your head is bowed and your knees are bowed, then he's really listening. Well, this guy didn't know any of those rules. He just thought, I can talk to God anytime I need something. So he just shouts out, Jesus, son of David. Well, all the church people freaked out. You don't do that. You do not just talk to Jesus. If you want to talk to Jesus, number one, you got to talk to the pastor first and get permission and make sure that your theological ideas are the same as theirs. And then you got to go through a class, 101, 201, 301, 401, to prepare yourself to be able to talk to... You don't just shout out to him. Right? See, this is part of that way that we teach people they don't matter to God. Whether we mean to or not, this is part of that attitude that people get when they come to visit churches. There's rules to talking to God, and I never got the book. There's rules about how I interrelate with this Jesus guy that I'm hearing about, and I know he can do amazing things, but I don't know how to approach him. 